Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Trap Draw Podcast. I'm joined by Tron Carter, Mr. TC. How are you? We're back, Randy. Back from the Pacific Northwest. It's good to be back in the studio uh, making hits. Before we get into this episode, though, I want to thank our sponsor, one of our sponsors for today's episode. That is the Pinehurst uh, Resort in Pinehurst, North Carolina. One of the, the great American golf uh, destinations, anybody planning a late summer, fall, early winter golf trip, I urge you to check out Pinehurst. Aside from the, the famed number two course, they have the recently renovated Gil Hans, Gil Hans, uh, oh, it's so hot right now. <laughs> number four course, they have the cradle, which is the most fun, uh, I believe like 900 acres in all of golf. They've recently redone a number of... Uh, 900 acres? That's so many acres. 700 acres, maybe? No, I think it'd be like nine acres. Really? Yeah, if that. You know what? While Randy's looking that up... Maybe it was the most fun, like 900 yards in golf or something 900 like that. yards sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, nine, 900 acres would be a lot. Recently redone the pub there at... The at Deuce. The, exactly. Uh, the Deuce... They've got the Piners Brewery Company. They have uh, the renovated Manor Hotel. Just a lot of stuff going on there. Great place to to take friends, to take spouses, to take uh, kids. So Especially check out in the fall. Yeah, when the weather, you, you know, that October, November. That's when we were there last year. Just can't beat it. Lots of sunshine, cooler temperatures. So we thank them. Check out Pinehurst Golf Resort, Pinehurst, North Carolina. And uh, now we'll kick it over to Mr. Jeezy. Thank you very much, Mr. Jeezy. Folks, welcome. TC, I believe we're going to your your birth your birth city. Uh, yeah. Weren't you born in Chicago? I was. I, I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> I was born in Chicago. My parents lived there for seven or eight years. Uh, I was born in 86 at the heyday of the, uh, you know, Super Bowl. What was that? The Super Bowl shuffle? Yeah. Bears? Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so. Jim McMahon. Refrigerator Perry. Yeah. Um, Walter Payton, of Mike, course. Mike Singletary. Mike Singletary. Can't win with him. <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, Coach Ditka. Um, before we get to Chicago, though, I, I think, where would you like to start? We got a lot to talk about. I think uh, one of our mea culpas was Formula One. There was no Formula One talk the last couple of weeks because we had pre-recorded. <laughs> we pre-recorded. We can't, we can't talk about stuff that hasn't happened Well, yet. A, and we couldn't talk about Formula One because there was no race a couple weeks ago, there was right. a week off, and then Barcelona. Exactly. And we have Spa this coming weekend, which is gonna be great. Barcelona stunk. You it was. I, it was okay. You and I both woke up at like six o'clock out on the West Coast to watch it, and, and uh, the that, the start was exciting. The start was great, yeah, and then it was a complete disgrace after that. It, it was a disgrace. It uh, was it was the most boring race I've seen to date so far. I'm starting to get more of these, more feeling like, all right, yeah, some of these tracks are like 
TPC courses. You know, they're just very formulaic. Would like to give a shout out to Racing Point though. Those results are still they they have an asterisk by them. I mean, do they? They they I think they literally do. Pending this ongoing investigation or appeal. Uh I I think a lot of teams test at Barcelona. Like I yeah, know Mercedes that, tests at Barcelona. I think that's a where lot. like the the beginning of the season starts, right? I think. Like the testing weekend and all that. So they essentially have it like dialed. Like they know that course. They know exactly what they need to do. Um, and so I don't think you – you just don't get a lot of surprises at, at, a, at a track like that. Randy, um, talk, talk to me about Verstappen. <laughs> I know he's your boy. Uh, he's a hunter. He's a hunter. He's an alpha. Does, should Albon get – should they send Albon down and bring Gasly back up? Um, Albon has been a little bit of a disgrace. I, I think the wrath that Pierre got, I, I, I haven't seen a noticeable improvement in what Albon does over, over what Pierre does. It's one of the things I wonder every race, you know, theoretically Albon and Verstappen are in the same car and Verstappen is always like top, top three. Yeah, and Alvon never is. So I don't really get that. I know that sometimes they put them on different plans, and Alvon can be the guinea pig for Verstappen, but I don't know. I'd like to see him go outside the box. I don't give me Gasly. Get rid of Alvon. They need to bring in, and I don't even know who it would be, but they need to bring in another another dog at least. They should make George an offer he can't refuse. Like put George with with Max, and then we're talking. Now somebody bought Williams. He had a. Your your private equity guys, Bob Williams. Your your boys. I'm worried. I it probably doesn't mean great things for Claire. No, I, I think Claire, she's couldn't get the ship righted. Um, Lando, I think you need to apologize for Lando. We'll never apologize for Lando. He's fine. He's the youngest driver in F1, and he's putting up decent results. Uh, Vettel, the the Ferrari, he was barking at. The crew, they were like, what do you think we should do with the tires? He's like, I don't know. Like, you fucking tell me. Hey, this is your job. <laughs> uh, that's like a messy divorce playing out in public, which is very cool. I hope we get more of that. Sergio Perez is probably going to get kicked to the curb at... Um, Racing Point. Racing Point. I could see him going to Renault. Yeah. And then Ocon getting kicked kicked to the curb. Again by Perez. Again. <laughs> That'd be that, sick. That would be sick. That would be sick. Uh, what do you think about Leclerc? Shaw. Child clock. So I guess I didn't really realize it during the moment, but he ran a couple laps without his seatbelt on after he spun out. Yeah. Something happened with his seatbelt and it became he was trying to refire disengaged. The car. Yeah. And I mean, uh, they should investigate his ass for that. And I guess Ferrari like let him do that. Like they weren't, they weren't telling him to get into the pits now. Um, seems less than ideal. I mean, he was driving a dump truck. He should have retired it immediately. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, it was a, it was a shitty race. I'm looking forward to Spa. I'm looking forward to these these Italian races too. Yes, of course. I'm looking forward to Spa just because of what everybody says about it. So I will be very intrigued to watch this weekend. Uh, Buxton had a tweet about Indy 500 about them possibly going back to Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and he was like, "Why don't they just do like two off weeks there, where so some of these guys can drive in in the in the Indy 500?" And then you do the Formula One race on the road on the inside track there. Yeah, that would be, That'd awesome. be awesome. Yeah, I, some people came at you for for bad mouthing the Indy Five Hundred on the NLU pod 
Sunday night. It's it just doesn't do it for me, man. <laughs> it's the greatest spectacle in racing. It's a big fucking oval. They go fast though, Daddy. I just want to go fast. <laughs> uh, whatever. It, it's uh, listen once a year. Indy 500, I, it's pageantry. I'd rather I think the, the race is I think exciting. The Kentucky Derby is cooler than the Indy 500. Well, we can ag- agree to to disagree. There. He, like people from Indy, absolutely lose their marbles over it. Yeah, it's like the mega event. It's you know, I will take the Indy 500 over Daytona. Of course, you know, of course, yeah. of course. So, um, any other mea culpas? So I apologize for the people to the people of Indianapolis. Um, somebody slid in and said Sam Adams. Boston Brick Red is only available in Boston. That's the that one was only. the one I was trying to think of. I, I guess I won't apologize. I do apologize for not remembering the name. Uh, Nebraska Omaha, I believe you said was in the CCHA. They were. They weren't. They're in the the current conference, the NCHC. Oh my gosh! So, I thought they were. I remember there was one year where Miami played them like a home and home or something. I figured they were in the conference. I, I think just out of conference. Never, never a CCHA member. What about that Birmingham? You like University of Alabama or uh, Huntsville. Uh, Huntsville? Yeah, that was Huntsville. so always so random too. I'm yeah, like, why the fuck do these guys have a? They were always in the program? WCHA. So like Huntsville used to have to go out to um, like way out west visit one of the Alaska schools, I believe. Miami had to do that with uh, Alaska Fairbanks, right? With Fairbanks, yeah. There were two Alaska schools, I, I believe. Um, Somebody alerted us that the Market Basket family is in a tremendous public feud that's going on. I'm not really sure. I, I guess I'll apologize for not realizing that was happening. Um, no, all right. Going back, the Omaha Mavericks. Yeah. Competed in the Central Collegiate Hockey Association. Oh, my Between gosh. 99 and 2010 before joining the WCHA for the 2010-2011 season. Oh, my gosh. That is, so we need a mea culpa from that person. I got to hunt that down on, on Twitter. Um, no apology. I'm, I am yeah. sorry, TC, that I even brought it up. Thank you, Randy. Uh, there will absolutely not be an apology there. Some people thought Dodson was playing a little fast and loose with some dates maybe. Listen, he, he didn't... He's just going off memory. The guy was making jokes about Sam Sneed potentially banging his mom. I know. Like, he was spinning What more yards. do you people want? Exactly. Somebody wanted like an economic breakdown between Winston-Salem, High Point, and Greensboro. Like, listen, we're not, we're not going to do we, – we don't have the means to do that. So no apology there. Uh, on the refuge, Desert Duffer uh, alerted me very kindly that the H in Amherst is silent. So I guess it's pronounced Amherst. Listen, I had no idea. I, I got blown I up. I will apologize for that. I got blown up however long ago for uh, calling uh, Worcester. 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 I, I don't know how. Like It's spelled. Worcester? I think it's Worcester. Yeah. Yeah. I don't right. know. There's so much. Like I, I struggled with that so much when I lived in Boston. <laughs> There's so much random, like crazy shit. Like I would call it Swampscott. And everybody's like, no, it's Swampscott. <laughs> All right. Whatever, man. <laughs> Gloucester. You know, like, there's so many weird nahant yeah natic you know there's just i'm like i don't know man it's all pronunciation it must be it must be wo- wo- wooster wo- no it must be I think worcester. It's worcester worcester in in ohio it's called there's a worcester. worcester yeah uh that's tough somebody same guy desert duffer got on you for calling it <laughs> the turnpike i guess it's either only 
the pike or the mass pike. I don't know if, if you'd like well, to apologize no, for that. No, I do not apologize. <laughs> there was a distinct lack of Arboretum talk in Boston. There's a great Arboretum. We said there's Franklin Park, out by Franklin Park. I think we mentioned that even. We may have. Or we've mentioned it in a previous podcast. I don't think Danny was going to many Arboretums when he was in... No. In, he was in Foxborough yeah, anyway. I was going to say, he this, was in this North technically Providence. wasn't even a Boston episode. It was a southeastern Massachusetts episode. Yeah. South central Massachusetts episode. So no, no apology there. Uh, I, th- I think that's all. That's, that's all I have in my list. Did you have any? No, no. I think um, we'll just get it out of the way. We're doing Chicago this week. Uh, many, many arboretums in Chicago. You've got the Betty Swan tree arboretum. You've got the Morton arboretum. You've got the Ladd arboretum up in Evanston. Uh, all sorts of stuff. You get the Chicago Botanical Garden. So we'll just get that out of the way right now. We'll have to ask our guest if yeah. maybe to power rank those. Um, TC, I got bad news. What's up? It, it appears the Fujiwara megastorm is no longer in play I, in the Gulf. I think that's good news overall. That's Listen, it's certainly good news for the people in the Gulf. I, I think anytime you get a historical, you know, maybe once-in-a-generation shot at a Fujiwara megastorm, though. Can you tell the people what a Fujiwara megastorm is? So it's when two smaller hurricanes track to the same point and combine and become one mega hurricane. Uh, I guess it happened. The last one was over in Japan, I, I believe. I don't know the exact so it was time a, frame. So it was a mega typhoon? It may have been a mega typhoon over there. Uh Listen, I, I think it's perfectly appropriate to maybe get a Fujiwara megastorm in the year 2020, but it seems like that yeah. we're not. We're, we're just going to get two smaller, smaller storms. Now that we live in Florida, I, I do not. You know, I have maximum sensitivity towards hurricanes. Of course, yeah. and let me reiterate again: it's very good news for the, the people and property along the Gulf. Of course, we, we are still monitoring the Three Gorges Dam, though. I think we got some intel that the water appears to be cresting. Is that right? Or ju- yeah, it's, it's it's kind of it's receding a tad, but the flood risks remain. Okay. Four hundred million people at risk here. We're going to continue to watch that choke point. You know, forty percent of the world's shipping comes straight out of there. Exactly. So, many yeah. many repercussions. Uh, so we're going to monitor that situation. TC, have you watched any NBA playoffs? I have. I watched the Jazz last night. My Jazz. Donovan Mitchell, huge performance. What they're up three one now on the Nuggets. I believe so. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I'm staying away from the Dallas series, uh, the Dallas uh, Dallas series. No, or, uh, Clippers. Uh, Clippers series. Yeah. Uh, watched a little bit of the of the Blazers series when we were out in uh, Oregon. Uh, yeah, I'm not a Clippers guy. I don't I don't care for the Clippers, but I do not care for Luca either. Well, can we so Kamish is uh, people might remember from the from the Plex episode, the Kamish. Kamish is a huge Luca fan. Massive. Massive Luca fan. He's whiny. And that's what I've told the Kamish from day 1. He whines too much. He complains just watch all game. Actually, last time I went out to Utah, um Zach and I went to a uh we went down to the Jazz Center, Vivint Arena, gorgeous arena, formerly Delta Airlines Arena, and uh, it was a it was a Jazz Mavs uh, game, and Luca whined the whole fucking game. It's really incredible. He is such a good player, but oh, just can't root for him. And um, you know, I can't watch him and be happy because the Hawks should have drafted him. And my Kings, I know, like the Hawk. It was a disgrace that the Hawks 
that, did what they did. Like even even that night, I was like, "What the what the hell are you doing for Trey Young of all? Yeah, like stinky." The Kings took Marvin Bagley over I, him. I think we should do a big Kings deep dive during the Napa week. Okay, right? Yeah. Uh, well, my guy Vlade just got canned. Just got Shit, run, canned. Just got <laughs> run out. Uh, can we talk about the Sixers? I think they're a disgrace. Well, we need to address your boy Sam Hankey in the my process. Boy? Your boy. I think you were all aboard. I'm a big you? collar guy, and uh, like Colangelo or whatever. He's a disgrace. He's he's certainly not my boy because he's got bad collars. His collars are too short, right? And he's like the nepotism Colangelo, yeah. right? He's yeah. not. Yeah, his his dad was was the OG. Do you are you a Celtics fan at all? Uh, I was when I lived in Boston. Yeah, I, I like Brad Stevens a lot. Of course. Um, you know, I don't really. I don't know. I like. I like what they're doing. I like Tatum. I like Brown. Uh, big Marcus Smart guy, passionate player, Marcus, kind of a, kind of a lunatic. Exactly the exact type of guy you want on your exactly. team. Exactly. Uh, Gordon Hayward, who kind of reminds me of you. <laughs> um, Gordon Gordon Hayward, I guess, was a like phenomenal junior tennis player. Really? Yeah. Um, I I, th- I think that Sixers or excuse me, I think that Celtics team could be could be interesting. I th- I continue to say the Sixers are massive disgrace. I think the whole process and what Sam Hinkie did was the biggest bunch of snake oil, and the Emperor clearly had no clothes. You're a big Markel Fultz guy, though. <laughs> Markel Fultz um, was an abomination. Hey, who else did they draft high? Um, they 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 took. I mean Simmons. I mean, Simmons is a I disgrace. I think Simmons right? was flawed too. Yeah. Uh, I, I cannot believe that people the 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 adoration people had for Sam Hinkie. Like all he had to do was lose games. Like it's so easy to lose games, and then you get a top one, two, three draft pick, and and like just don't screw it up. Uh, I'll, I'll never understand that. I do think the Raptors are a great Raptors story this year. Yeah, I mean the Nets obviously stink. Of course, of course. Um, I, I, yeah, I've I don't know. I've enjoyed. I, I love. You know, I hate seeing the the Heat beating the shit out of the Pacers. That's been a, a tough one. Um, I thought the Pacers kind of you know had some high hopes for them. Um, man, the, that Blazers Lakers series. I I'd love to see. I'd love to see Dame just keep. I mean, it was it was Blazers, it was Blazers and rioting fever when we were out in Portland. Yeah, last week, and uh, you know, it's just seeing him and and I mean, I think Anthony Davis might be a beta. Many people are saying that. Many people are concerned, of course. Skip Bayless, I think, was saying that. Skip, uh, <laughs> the last series. How, how could you possibly choose between the Rockets and Thunder? Between Harden and Westbrook or Chris Paul, who I know is one of your favorite players ever. Oh, God, I hate Harden and I hate Chris Paul. But um, I, I'm rooting for the Thunder. I, it'd be delicious if the Thunder could somehow I, I'm knock a, off I'm Westbrook a big Westbrook guy, though. I like Westbrook. I like Westbrook off the court. And, I, well, and I'll say this. I like the intensity that he plays with. I hate his game. Yeah. Absolutely hate his game. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, we'll continue to monitor the NBA playoffs. Uh, what else do we need to get? We got tennis this week. Big, big tennis tournament in uh, Cincinnati, Western and Southern. Yeah, been there. Been to that tournament a few times. I love. I love going to tennis tournaments. Very relaxing. Very, very nice in person. Yeah. Uh, spectator like, like, experience. Like the six, seven p.m. matches. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there was there was a kind of a lower level one in Atlanta. The one in Cincinnati was always that's a big ass tournament. That's an ATP 1000 tournament. Yeah, it's it's the kind of tune up for the US Open. Now, I don't think they got every big name and I think that's because there are some people not playing the US Open as well, but Really? Uh, yeah, there've been a few dropouts. I don't I don't know specifically. Is Djokovic uh recovered from the COVID? <laughs> Who could say? I maybe he's throwing more parties. I mean, Annie's an anti-vax guy, so he's not going to get the vax even if they get one. I know it's tough. It's yeah, it's I don't don't know what's going on with with the Joker. Um, So I've I've been looking on DraftKings. The uh, the, this isn't part of the ad or anything. There's live betting like to the point. So it's thirty thirty in this match that Andy Murray's playing against this Russian guy right now, and Murray is like plus one eighty to win the point. The other guy's like. Minus one sixty, like minus one forty or minus one sixty. It's crazy how it's right up to date and everything like that. I'm blown away by it. There's got to be just, there's just so much money flying around. Yeah, I mean that's gonna come to golf. Yeah, soon, right? Yeah, like guys standing over a shot. Will he make this putt? Um, but but that's the problem is you know you're on a live feed with tennis. Yeah, don't know if you're on a live feed with golf. That's true. And they can't, you know. Yeah. Um. I'm excited to ask our guest what he thinks about uh, obviously obviously he's a big Bengals fan, but he probably gets gets some stuff, you know, as far as this Matt Nagy, you know, Trubisky's obviously a disgrace. Um, the Bears GM, not a huge fan of his. And then also the, you know, the Bulls seem to be a continual disaster. The, I like the Bulls. The, they had a couple years under Thibodeau. Tibbs uh, was great, man. With Noah and I, I guess I I mean, essentially before Rose like broke himself towards towards ACL. Uh that was that was a frisky ass team. That was a fun team yeah. to root for, I thought. And then they've since then they've just been totally rudderless. Now Tibbs with the Knicks. With How the about Knicks. that? Yeah, it seems like uh the Knicks are I don't know if anybody can fix the Knicks. Well, unless, how about the guy that how, the fact that Leon Rose is the GM? He's an agent. Yeah. So now you got agents in charge of the Lakers and the Knicks. Bizarre. Seems to be the way things are going. Um, Simona Halep, the the women's player, is among the withdrawals on that side. I know that's that's a big one. Um, Bianca Andrescu, the Canadian woman, she's withdrawn as well. Uh, so, oh, the last thing I had, what is going on with Earl Thomas? He's a bad guy, right? He's been a he's been a sick guy for a few years now. It seems like. I mean, yeah, so the the stuff where he and his brother were banging everybody, I guess. And then his wife pointed a gun at him, <laughs> flicking off Pete Carroll, which, you know, I'm fine with that. That's fine. That's heat of the moment. I, I get it. Many people are saying, though, that um, that maybe he got crowned a little bit by Scam Chancellor out in the Legion of Boom. Mm. After Scam Chancellor left. Earl, you know, Earl kind of, he wasn't flashing quite as hard. I think, well, this seems indicative of, uh, you know, I hate to paint the whole Texas football program with a broad brush, but, you know, I'm not sure if you can trust anybody coming out of that program. Except Ricky Williams. Except. You can trust Ricky Williams. Yeah. Uh, going back to U.S. Open tennis, Kyrgios. Uh, he, he withdrew? He's withdrew, not playing? Nadal withdrew, too. Really? Yeah. yeah. Absolute disgrace. Um, that stinks. I mean, I mean, curious. He's like one of the only reasons I watch. 
Is Feds is Feds healthy? Who can say? Yeah. Uh, Feds is in. Actually, hold on. No, Feds is out. That's why I thought he was hurt. Don't don't ask me if he's hurt though. Djokovic is in. Serena is in. I think Andy Murray's back. Andy Murray's playing this week. Yeah. So playing right now. I don't know. Tennis is fascinating, man. Kind of like turn it on and off about three times a year. I don't really watch too much of the French, but I watch the shit out of the Aussie Open, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open. The the French is the French just always seems to be in a tough spot, um, like timing wise. And I, yeah, you know, uh, and like Nadal just wins it every year. I don't think there's any any suspense or anything. As far as I know, the Tour de France is still on. Okay. Starts. Uh, Starts the 29th of August. Starts, uh, gosh, like later this week. Well, this past weekend was one of the first like real sports weekends in a while between NBA playoffs, uh, the, the different golf on, the, the Women's Open, the Northern Trust, the Corn Ferry. You had the Indy 500. Uh, you had soccer, the, the Champions League stuff. It, you know, finally there's there's a lot going on, which is which is great. Uh who do we try to talk to? Should we, you know, we had many people we tried to run down to talk about Chicago with. Yeah, we did. I think we started first with uh, Rod Blagojevich. Absolutely, our first call. Um, could, could, couldn't couldn't get a hold of him. Couldn't get a hold of him. Got stonewalled by his people. So then we, we, we moved down on the political front. J.B. Pritzker, the current governor. He's a little busy. Couldn't, uh, couldn't talk to your him. Your boy, Rom. <laughs> Rom Emanuel, decidedly your boy. Uh, Harry Carey. And Skip Carey. Couldn't get Skip Carey either. Uh, Bartman. Steve Bartman. Bartman would have been a fantastic guess. Didn't know how to get in touch with him, though. Um, Oprah. Oops. What about Stedman? Do we try Stedman, too? I think I would rather talk to Stedman than Oprah. But you're not a Gale guy. I don't like Gale. No. I don't really like Oprah either. (laughs) I like Stedman, though. Stedman's cool. (laughs) Oprah Oprah's great. She's harmless. (laughs) Um, Bernie Mac. Tried to talk to Bernie Mac. Tried to talk to Roger Ebert. Couldn't get in touch with either of them. Moise Salou. Maglio Ordonez. Uh, Blackjack McDowell. Yeah. Uh, Hawk Harrelson. Kevin McAllister, the father. <laughs> we tried to get William League, the father, or, the, or William the, League, the son, the guys who attacked the Royals' first base coach. That's wild. Um. Oh, uh, we we and then Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause, we can run down. Jerry Springer, the big hurt. Frank Thomas, <laughs> Neil, and I one time we were in we were in Chicago. He's too busy filming <laughs> testosterone commercials. We couldn't track him down. We're we're standing outside uh, our hotel in Chicago. This is, I don't know. We're probably six. I'm like seventh grade, sixth grade, and uh, and Neil, he was like, "Holy shit, it's Frank Thomas!" And I'm like, "No way." Frank Thomas was standing right there. He's so big. <laughs> yeah, they don't call him the little hurt. By the way, speaking of testosterone, yeah, I think like they're not testing for anything on the PGA Tour right now. There's no drug testing no. for recreational or performance enhancers. Okay. I mean, you think it's a sweepstakes? Certain guys have to be all over the human growth hormone, all over some some testosterone and healing stuff. I would think so. Some some guys that have had some back injuries in the past. I'm not going to name any names. And this is all alleged, but you know. Of course. I'm just saying. I so what 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 are what are they giving out in the FedEx Cup? Seventy million dollars. Yeah. Of course, guys have to be. 
exactly looking to gain any any edge possible um the sausage king we tried to run down abe froman uh we, we talked about getting the franchise on talked about yeah, he, exactly you know, franchise and peg lived in lived in chicago up in wilmette for a long time we tried to get the whole piehowski family yeah but they're you know, outside on a conference chicago. call they're just just, just a, little a little too, too far, far outside chicago uh we tried to get pj fleck he spent some time in dekalb at northern illinois couldn't track him down. Uh, so who did we get? <laughs> we, well, we did get, uh, I don't know if he wants me to give his full government. <laughs> so I'll, I'll call him JB for now. Friend of the program. Not, and to be clear, not JB Pritzker. Not, unfortunately, not JB Pritzker. Uh, I'll, I'll, let's dial him up and I'll see how he wants to introduce himself. Ladies and gentlemen, sorry to interrupt. Before we get to our Chicago guest, I want to thank our other sponsor for today's episode, DraftKings. DraftKings has brought their expertise to legal sports betting. It's a legitimate sports book based right here in the U.S., so you can rest assured that your funds are totally secure. DraftKings, America's top-rated sports book app, is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Right now, aside from the BMW Championship, the the golf happening this weekend, lots of NBA ba- uh, playoff basketball games, uh, TC, you have soccer, you have baseball, uh, NFL futures. Tour de France. Tour de France, live, live tennis, as we touched upon earlier. Just a, a smorgasbord of, uh, of different props, live betting markets, and so forth. I might get deep into all sorts of, I assume they offer it, all sorts of stage betting. Mm. For the for the uh, Tour de France, um, do that and then try uh, to identify those climbers. Yeah, and then I was I was looking at the LPGA stuff this week too. Uh, Daniel Kang plus eight hundred. There's just no value on Out in, uh, North, Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas yeah. Championship. Yeah, it's supposed to be a, a good good course out there that they play. We need the Korean players back to, uh, know, to give some value. I know. Um, so listeners, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code NLU when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter code NLU when you sign up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We thank them for sponsoring this episode, and now on to our guest. Hey, buddy. (laughs) JV, what's going on? What's going on, man? How are you? Good, good. Uh, You got Randy on the line and, uh, and Tron. JB, hey, John, how are you? Long time, man. Um, so we, I'm not really sure what we're doing, but I'm excited. That's for sure. Well, we're just going to throw a bunch of questions at you, probably. Um, but before we, I guess the first question, we we told the listeners already that we're talking to JB, but I didn't know if you wanted me to to reveal your full government name. So how would you like how would you like us to to refer to you? Yeah, Joe B or Joe Barnes. Yeah, my full name's fine. There's like a million of me out there. Um, full name. No problem. Okay. All right. Randy, can you give some backstory on? Well, the back, yeah. So I guess people are, 
you know, you obviously live in Chicago now and you've lived there for quite a while. So we're, we're going to get into all that. But the backstory is you and I uh, both grew up, went to Marymount. We, you were a year older than me, but we played soccer forever. Uh, we were, we were good friends, you know, at, at a young age. And, you know, I, I still consider you a very good friend. That's right. I agree. Uh, we had some really good times growing up. We, we we big big Reds fans. Uh, the summer of ninety nine. Big Reds fans. We, yeah, we did a lot of uh, metro bus trips from Terrace Park, then Marymount, then downtown, then back. Uh, Chris Steins, uh, Ryan Friel were kind of our linchpins, I think, that year. Scott um, Friel, man, what a what a gritty gritty motherfucker he was. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Phil, like, dude. Did you ever work at the Exemplar too? I feel like you might have moonlit there as a bus boy. No, I, I never did. I know you did. Mm-hmm. I thought we had you in the rotation. Maybe for like one Saturday short shift and you get out of there. You're like, no thanks. This isn't for me. Um, actually, Phil, your dad saved me from seeing your assassin. So I was trying to get shot by a Nerf gun coming out of church <laughs> and I was jogging down. I was jogging down Booster Pike, and then all of a sudden, I get a kind of a U-turn of a. It was like I think it was a caddy. I believe that's what Mr. Landis drew. He just kind of <laughs> moved around. He's like, "Get in!" And he just took me home and kind of sheltered me for a while. I think you guys were like eating breakfast, and I walked in with your dad. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's uh, let's let's get your Chicago your Chicago resume out of the way. How how long have you been in Chicago? What took you to Chicago? Give us give us the scoop. Yeah, sure. So I moved to Chicago in like 2017 or 2007. Um, basically, I had a, you know, I would call it an unceremonious foray in the logistics game uh, at Total Quality Logistics. Wasn't exactly a top performer there. Uh, so we kind of mutually chose to part ways. And I had a friend who knew somebody who thought they might have a job up here. And I just want to take a chance. And I moved here in 2007. I met my wife, started working at this company that I literally thought I'd be at for, you know, a month maybe and left like eight or nine years there and kind of graduated to where we are today in the suburbs and with two kids. So it's been quite a, uh, quite a ride. Where do you live in the suburbs? Uh, we live in Clarendon Hills. So it's a Western suburb, um, about 17, 18 miles from downtown, but it's right along the train line. So it's pretty accessible. It's nice. Do you work downtown? I, yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> my last day in the office was like the 11th or so, 12th. I was actually out in Boston and in Rhode Island. And I flew back from, what's the capital right now? Uh, Providence. Providence. <laughs> and yeah, my last like meal, good meal out without having to worry about anything was in Providence actually. And then, um, you know, I went in the office one day, I think that Friday, right around St. Patrick's Day, and then I haven't been back since. So um, I missed that commute. <laughs> but now you now you got all the Instagram videos with your kids every day. And, and, and you've right. been doing the beer chug challenge. Right. And I mean, other than like work with two kids and my lovely wife, like I would say that I have spent the majority of this quarantine COVID time doing like a beer chug challenge on Instagram uh, cleaning the house a lot, kind of obsessively, I would say, um, some light landscaping and then actually betting on golf. So it hasn't been too bad. Uh, a lot of golf betting. And I you found hit, like a new love for it. Yeah. And you've hit some winners. Oh, hit some big winners. Um, I think four or five straight prop winners <laughs> on tourneys. Just, awesome. just straight up, uh, 
you know, so and so is forty to one. Yeah. What's your strategy? Who who have the winners been? Yeah. So um, let me go. I have to go off memory. Um, I think I can do this back. I remember the first one, and I think the good part of this is that like each time I really needed a win to kind of get me back to even, if you know that feeling. (laughs) And the last thing you ever want to be doing on like a third Wednesday night when you know you're down enough where it matters is being trying to pick like a golf prop winner to get you back to even. And somehow miraculously it happened like four times. It's like, it's like betting on the late, like whack or like mountain West game on a Saturday night, you know, so bad. It is it's like so Fresno bad. State, Hawaii, and you're, you know, you're like, all right, shit, like I'm, I'm on tilt, right. I'm, I'm, you know, right. this, this has to hit. This has to hit, and then you've got like, yes, yeah, it's just a bat. You never want to be betting like that. So I, right before Fourth of July, I got locked in. It was a Travelers, and I took DJ, and that was the one where he was cruising, and then for some reason, I'm like 15. He just wanted to go big driver for so for no reason. He was up like five strokes, and he put, I think, one out of bounds. He shot a six on the hole, so he yeah. tightened it up pretty quick, but he won. Um, then I hit Bryson over 4th of July with the Rocket Mortgage because he was just playing so good. <laughs> um, you had to take him. And then I took JT at the work day, which was when they did that double Columbus thing. Yeah, Remember, he collapsed against yep. Morikawa. Yeah. Yeah. So Colin stole that from him. I felt like I got the money ripped out of my hands in that one. Went back to John Rom for the memorial, and then I hit Morikawa at the PGA. So that was my run. It's unbelievable. Gosh. It's unbelievable. When Daddy gets hot, you know, watch out. Uh, Barnes, my 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 claim to fame is eighty to one on Russell Knox to win the Chiquita Classic back when it was in Cincinnati at uh, at uh, Riverbend. Russell Riverbend. Knox. Yeah, I have no. He sounds like a warm up, like a guy you warm up for, like Leonard Skinner at, like uh, you know, like a concert thing. Russell Knox. I had to give this guy a look. See, uh, yeah, Barnes. I gotta ask you. You mentioned your your stint at, at TQL out there. I believe in Milford was it? Um, Ooh, uh, I don't know where they're getting their tax revenue. It's either. Eastgate or Milford, uh, probably a big fight for those dollars. Was, yes. was that where you got in hot water because of your phone usage? Uh, yeah, there was a couple of instances out there, right? Uh, we'd be looking into some emailing, some corporate email spying, uh, some resume seeking. It was my first big, you know, my first corporate job. And, you know, logistics is cutthroat, and they really want, like, hardworking, um, you know, kind of, I don't know, I would say very driven individuals. And that just wasn't me when I was 22. So kind of, a, you know, kind of a misfit on both sides. Yeah, some phone issues no go ahead can we go back to your your like let's just let's just tell the folks what they're working with here we 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 gotta ask you about the nt bandits i think i've teased it i like i feel like all these guys know i i've told the nt bandit story to tons of people i've told tons of people and i barely know you barnes Uh, yeah can can you uh, do you uh, do you feel comfortable laying that out for us yeah, absolutely, right? You might as well. Um, I think it's been expunged and or I think the statute of limitations has expired <laughs> any sort of incrimination I can do. So more or less, and I don't want to know how graphic we want to get. We probably want to keep the little PG-13. But um, it started off when my first friend could drive in high school. We would drive around the affluent suburbs where people were just kind of in their own little bubble. Just to kind of mix it up a little bit, we would scream nice tits 
at people walking by just to see them be perplexed. <laughs> it, it, we literally just wanted to scream a profane, and nowadays, I mean, you can't do that, right? No, thank you. You don't even want to say anything to anybody outside anymore. Um, but we did that, and it was just to get a rise out of people, and we'd laugh and drive away. Would and you do this it, in, in Marymont or up the road in Indian Hill and Madeira? And We had a pretty hot spot. I would almost call it like the Vegas Strip. It was basically that Madeira, Miami Avenue where you get the Kroger's <laughs> and all that stuff. That was really where all hell would break. Loose, Somebody right? coming um, out of like Ramunda's tuxedo shop or something would just be lit exactly. up. Exactly. Or a, get with a six pack of Amstel, just give a poor dad a nice, <laughs> nice tease, getting into his Lexus. Yeah, just for no reason, just to keep him confused for probably days or angry. Um, and, and that graduated into stealing a lot of construction cones and, and barrels and uh, any sort of loose construction equipment you could find. And then we would either throw it into the yards or at the houses of people just in random neighborhoods you know, for no reason. We didn't target them. We didn't, it wasn't mean or anything like that. It was just something to do. Um, and uh, usually after football games on Friday night, you get a crew together, like, hey, we're going out. It was like we thought we were the coolest kids in the world going to do this. I was 15. Um, and eventually, then the Indian Hill police started to just pull over cars. They were basically like, you know, stop and frisk, like in New York City, right? They were basically doing that to cars that resembled what they thought the car was that we were driving. And to be clear, this is the this is the Indian Hill Rangers. Yeah, yeah, the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're a little bit higher end than like your average municipal police department, I would imagine. They're like the um, Mounties of of uh, local cops, right? Yeah, they take their job very seriously. They got a lot of square footage to cover. So Indian Hill's a big plot up there, uh, so we kind of had that to our advantage, right? Uh, you get four Rangers and you know what, twenty square miles can be tough to get us. Um, <laughs> And it ended up where we. Oh, well, hold on, hold on. You had one house yeah. that you that you targeted over and over again, right? Yeah, that was what basically got everybody in trouble. It was just this one same house every Saturday night. We just get the brunt of the construction disaster, and uh, they basically got license plates, and that was the that was the end of that. How many times did um, you do this one house? Dude, I could probably still find that house. It was set back. It was a, it was a million and a half dollars a gorgeous house it was um, it was the street if you're coming towards much more on your left it's the street before much more I, like i i, exactly I right. vividly know that house still yeah you remember it was set in the bottom right it was down in the yeah I like back the back valley. by the turnaround like the the cul-de-sac yeah it was gorgeous um i mean we probably hit that poor house 10 times um they must have just been so furious every time they woke up after a friday or saturday <laughs> um like they'd yeah, have they'd yeah. have a rubber cone on top of their little garage, right? Like it, it would be like no real rhyme or reason to how things were were placed or, or in stacked. the trees. On, yeah, maybe on like their doorstep. Uh, you know, you could do a, you could cover a mailbox. You could uh, you know hit the driveway. Um, I even think we got the high school one time um, when you drove in from high school at Marymount. You could just see cones, and because we had these crazy pods, so you would just see these basically orange cones shooting off the sky. It was pretty good. Got a chuck out of that. So one. you got caught? <laughs> oh, man, I'll never forget. It was, uh, I won't say names, but some of the parents of the buddies and I that got caught, they were phone calls around like, hey, uh, my parents, it's uh, so-and-so's parents 
look, we're in this one pretty deep. If the media calls, I want you to tell them no comment. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sitting in like the family room, like trying to like not laugh. I'm like, is this really happening? Like the media, like get out of here. We're 15 and 16 years old. Um, anyway, but yeah, we got caught. Had to go to juvie. The Rangers wanted to throw the book at you. Yeah, what happened? Like, like what's that process look like? They brought us all in and basically, you know, they try to get you to like give your, your, what do you call it? It was like a depth, not a deposition, but maybe like a written statement. Um, an affidavit. And, one, and that basically it's, it's then used to incriminate everybody else. And one guy <laughs> just sang like, a, sang like a canary. He just gave everybody up. It was, uh, it was an open and closed case after they got that guy's testimony. There was no hiding anything. Um, and everyone took their turn at the Rangers. We, each the most funny part I thought is that there were about six guys I think that had to like get charged or whatever. And um, we were at the juvenile detention center and or the court whenever our court date was. I think there were two of them. And it was a small room, but there was the, the magistrate, I believe is what they called him, the prosecutor, the, the prosecutor's assistant. And again, this is really small stuff. This is like juvie, like you know what I mean? Like this is not a big big deal. And then Moon crescent around the table. There was um, us, the kid. Each of us had our own legal representation. <laughs> so six individual lawyers with two parents behind them. So everybody was four. So there was like twenty-four or twenty-eight individual people just crammed in. It was like the trial of the century. You would have thought. Such <laughs> a joke. Such a joke. Looking back. Oh, uh, God. So did you have to just do a bunch of community service or what? That's what it was. I think there was some like financial restitution, um, which I paid off at the, my aforementioned job as the busboy. Um, there was like some misdemeanor charges that were expunged, I think, when we hit 18. So I think all in all, you know, it, it ended up okay. Um, boy, our parents really scared us, though. We thought, I mean, I thought we might like be. You know, I thought I may never go to college. Off of that. Dude, that's like <laughs> Neil, Neil, my brother. I think we've told her on the podcast before, right? I think yeah, I, I think we told her on the Nest podcast. We've, we've told it. Neil is the upper deck assassin. So he upper decked a bunch of the toilets in, it, like, it, it, in our high school. And then, Unbelievable. Yeah. And so he was like, yeah, now serving on the top deck, that sort of thing. So we can, <laughs> we can get <laughs> into that. Get, uh, he got caught? Uh, he turned himself in because his, his boy – that was going to West Point was going to get like basically expelled and like not be able to graduate and not and not be able to go to West Point. And now that guy's like a you know Army Ranger like tank commander. So all American, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Uh, can we? So the other story. <laughs> can we? Can, can I ask you about the hummus incident at UD? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I haven't thought about that in a while. Sure, um, absolutely. So at UD. It was like we had graduated, basically, uh, except I had to finish up this one class. So I kind of hung around the summer, and I was like, just like you guys talked about the, like your house. I was on this house crew where you would just clear out the remnant uh, students to get the new house ready for the new students. So right? you'd be the turnover crew, basically. Yeah, that was our big problem at, at our house because we didn't actually move out of the house for like eight years. <laughs> <laughs> it just kept getting worse and worse, but they never actually saw what it looked like. And right, then, right, right. You know, you just grew, it's like a, yeah, 
um, you never had the, the, the fresh start or the spring clean, if you would, right? Correct. Um, that was my job. So the summer was awesome. Like one class, all you did was drink. There was about, you know, 20, 30 good friends that stayed along. So there was a lot of alcohol, a lot of fun. But at the same time, you knew like, hey, this is like winding down, right? Like this is, you know, this is basically your last two or three months. And then you're going to have to go work at someplace like TQL and you're going to probably hate it, right? That's, <laughs> that's what you're thinking. So one night, uh, I had a buddy who lived off campus and his girlfriend lived in these apartments um, in Oakwood, which is kind of like a nice little suburb tucked back by the campus. And uh, there's some good golf courses right around there. And we were just in this place called Dorothy Lane Market, which is like a hot, like a, I don't know, like a nice little boutique, little gourmet grocery store. Um, and I was just in there and it was, I was very intoxicated. I was feeling weird. And I just went in the back and I just took three or four things of hummus and I just spiked them like as hard as I could onto the ground for no reason just to kind of see what would happen. And the store clerk came swooping at me and I ran out of the store and I hit a, a display case of off, you know, the, the bug spray. So the cans, the cans went everywhere. So it, it makes a horrific noise. There's probably, you know, 80 cans of off have just now been rolled across the floor at 1130 in the morning or night in Dorothy Lane Market. These people were probably scared half to death. I just run out and I jog home. I go home to my dorm. Didn't I you do the icky it. shuffle after you spiked it? I too? did an icky shuffle. I did an icky shuffle because my buddy was with me was a uh, big Bengals fan. That's, that's very true. I uh, did that kind of, you know, the, the one, two pump. You did the, the sidestep, sidestep, and then the boom, and that was it. And then ran out. Um, that's the key piece. So he, the cop commandeer him. His name's John. There's a lot of Johns out there, but, we'll, we'll, you know, it's John. I'm back at my place. I'm like, I got out. I'm good. There's no way they're going to catch me. And he, meanwhile, just tells them everything. He's like, oh, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> he's like, that kid's harmless. He just, he's a senior. He's almost done. His name's Joe Barnes. I think he's stand up at Stewart, uh, which is like the, the uh, student housing I was in, like the, the dorm or whatever. And I was like, and then like the next day, like literally I'm in there. You know, you remember your dorms. This is where they put the furniture crew guys. They give you free housing, but they put you in the shitty dorms and just, three cops were just pounding on my door at like nine in the morning. Like we know you're in there. And I was just quivering in the corner. I was like, what, the what has happened? What is going on with my life? So I can wrap this up real quick. I can kind of give you the last 60 seconds. You guys let me know. I don't want oh, to no. no, the 60 seconds. Yeah. Well, we played a game of cat and mouse for about two weeks, just me and the cops. I was, I'd lurk around. I'd go back to Cincinnati. Every time my parents' phone rang, I would literally have like a, a grabber, like thinking it could be them hunting, like finding out my parents weren't trying to come. You know what I mean? So you're just thinking about this stuff. Yeah. I thought I gave it enough time where it was cool. And then the Dayton, the UD cops called me one time. They're like, hey, it's the UD cops. We're your friends. <laughs> we just got a, they're like, we just got a couple things to clear up with you. We'd, we heard about this Oakwood thing. No big deal. Why don't you swing across the campus police and we'll, uh, we'll get you in and out of here. And I was like, you know what? This sounds good. Let's put this baby to rest. So I walk over there and they basically get me in. They go, come back here. We just got some stuff to review for you. They just, lock, they, they just I just go back there. They just lock me in a cell. They, they, the guy picks up his phone. He goes, yeah, we've got him. Come get him. And then they just called Oakwood and then they came and got me. And then they were arresting me in front of a Dayton youth basketball camp. 
So I was getting put in, in the cop car in front <laughs> at the UD police station, and there was he got perp locked. Didn't yeah? Didn't they, yeah. sixty kids out there? You know, between like third grade and sixth grade, whenever they do those hoop camps, and I was like, this is terrible. This is so awful. don't don't be like me, kids. <laughs> right, right, right. They, it, 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 oh, one wrong move, and uh, you know they took me the thing. I bailed myself out. I represented myself. <sighs> The judge knew where I grew up. He knew I wasn't some crazy person. And the fact that I actually went back to the Dorothy Lane market and paid them, I gave them like 50 bucks, which I thought was what dented off and hummus would basically <laughs> wait to. On my own, I did this like two weeks before to kind of like save off any issues. I think that coupled with the fact that I was seemingly reasonable, they just kind of made me pay another fine and that was it. Gosh. Oh my god. Two close calls with the law. I'm on the Dorothy Lane Market website. It looks delightful. Yeah, it's still there. It's on Brown Street, I think. Yeah. They've got th- um, they got three or four locations now. Oh, they must come. Road. Yeah. Um I still talk my best man at my wedding actually was the one that basically gave me up. So, you know <laughs> we still talk about that every every now and then. It's about how have you just said that guy, I have no idea who that is. Or all I know his name is Joe. Just something opaque, just in general. There would never have been an issue. But he basically gave him my social security number, my address, my name, my graduating year. <laughs> he gave him the book. He gave him everything. <laughs> all right. So I feel like we got to get to Chicago a little bit here. Right? <laughs> Let's start. Yeah. You've lived a lot of places uh, on the north side. I was hoping you could kind of power rank the north side neighborhoods for us. Mm, it's great. So I definitely think Lincoln Park is the best. Um, you can even probably put Old Town and Lincoln Park into one big bucket. Um, is, is Wrigleyville in that mix too? Or is that kind Wrigleyville, of farther it north? It cuts it like Belmont, right? More or less. So if you're in that neighborhood, well, actually, here's how it goes. It goes Old Town is the further south, then Lake Lincoln Park, um, more or less up to diversity. Diversity to Belmont-ish. No, actually, sorry. Lakeview is got Wrigleyville in it. So Wrigleyville's awesome, but like for three days a year. You know what I mean? I don't <laughs> think you'd ever want to live in Wrigleyville. You want to be able to walk to it if you're, you know, in your 20s and living there. Um, you absolutely want to be able to kind of get there for games and, and fun stuff at night, but you definitely don't want to be living there, in my opinion. Um, so if I'm stack ranking him, I'm going Lincoln Park 1. I'm going Old Town 2, and I'm going Lakeview slash Wrigley as a 3 for my north side neighborhoods. And, 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 and the north side is clearly the place to live. I mean, what about Wicker Park or Bucktown? Or, uh, and Grant, I know, I know Dick about any of these places. but No, no, no. And I thought we actually might talk about this, so I actually gave it some thought. And it's funny. I've said this before to my wife and even to other friends, like, that live in the city. There's a progression. When you're in your early 20s, you live in the north side. I don't know why that is, but typically that's how it works. And then what happens is you either go and you rent in the west side, like in Wicker Park or Bucktown, um, Roscoe Village even, or you go to maybe like the south loop uh, or west loop and you rent down there. Um, And then what happens is if you actually want to buy a place, you have to go back to the west side, to like Ukrainian Village, where my wife and I bought our first place. You go to Wicker Park, Bucktown, 
um, you know, those areas because they're much more affordable to get like a, a reasonable condo over there. And then what happens is somebody has a kid, you get pregnant, you have a wife, kid, and then basically you either go north, which is like, you know, north of Evanston, you've got like Winneka, Lake Forest, Deerfield up there, um, or you go west where we went. So um, that's kind of your progression. And we followed that to a T. We did the exact same thing, basically. Did you ever get down to the south side? He and I live in the South Loop on 20th in Indiana, uh, basically right across from the walking bridge to Soldier Field. Um, so it was an awesome place to be. Quiet, safe, uh, beautiful homes down there. There's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the old money Chicago homes are actually built in the South Loop, uh, tucking on the lake there, right by Soldier Field. Um, and we have like a little loft there, uh, which, which had no walls except for the bathroom. So we couldn't have had a kid there. We would have gone insane. So we had to move out. Um, yeah. Did you ever get down there, Phil, to our South Loop place? No, I don't. No, I don't think so. You were when I remember. Remember when I lived in Chicago for like two months? You were up in. I do. Uh, what what you you were up just a little north of Lincoln Park and. Um, I was on Surf, uh, which is Lakeview. Just like yeah, you were Lakeview University. or Boys Town. Yeah. Is Boys Town a thing? That's part of Lakeview as well. Okay. Um, so that's, I was actually really close to Boys Town when I lived right there. Um, if you walked, you know, half a mile, you're right there. Is Boys Town like a gay area, or is that just they oh, just yeah. call it Boys Town? Oh, it's you know, it's, it's a gay area. <laughs> okay. Boys Town, Halstead Street, um, and great restaurants. It's really fun. Uh, the Pride Parade is just out of this world. They usually it always ended where I used to live, so you would just get the drunkest, most wild scene out there at Diversity <laughs> and Sheridan about. 4 p.m. on a Sunday, you'd be like, wow. Yeah. Um, and so, sorry, tell me again, what 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 suburb did you guys, where are you now? Oh, uh, yeah, Clarendon Hill. Okay, you got to you got to stack rank, power rank the, the suburbs. How did you decide on that? Clarendon Hill is like, uh, like Clarendon, like Allegra Clarendon? No, C-L-A-R-E-N-D-O-N. Oh, it's right next okay. to Hinsdale. Okay. Um, so Hinsdale, Clarendon Hill is like their own little area out here. It's the same school district, kind of like Marymount and Terrace Park. Terrace Park is like the, you know, it feeds into the same system. Um, so the suburbs. are you guys ready for it? You want me to give you reasons why? Um, uh, yeah, just, I, just hit us, baby. Just, yeah, hit us. I think pound for pound, the best suburb to live in, in if, if nothing matters, right? If everything is just where you want to live, right? No location, job, et cetera. Uh, you, it'd be tough to beat uh, up in Winneka. So that's the home alone area. I was, I was born in Wilmette, Barnes. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. My parents are still from, like, God, like, why did we ever sell that house? I mean, they're right, right? Like, that between Glencoe, Winneka, Wilmette, um, you know, those areas, Highland Park even, it's just so pretty up there. And, uh, you know, if you don't have family like in Ohio or Michigan, you don't have to worry ever about getting out of the city too much after the east. Those are where you'd want to be. Um, and then out here, I really like our town, but Hinsdale is nicer because it's just got more to do. It's a bigger city. But the nicest one out here, in my opinion, is Western Spring. It's really good. It's in, it's the last town in Cook County before you flip to DePage. Uh, so some people don't like paying Cook County taxes, but it's an awesome little little uh, city. 
far as restaurants. All right, can, we, there a lot. can we do an overrated, underrated? Here? Yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, let's see here. Schaumburg, overrated, underrated? No, not, not even rated. Let's okay. just go to overrated. Yeah. Um, Naperville. Overrated. Mm. Uh, Downers Grove. Underrated. Wheaton. Underrated. Surprisingly. Uh, Glen Ellen is right next to it. It's pretty nice. Skokie. I used to call it the Jokey because it's overrated. <laughs> Buffalo Grove. Never been. No opinion. Mount Prospect. Never been. Evanston. Awesome. Way underrated. Evanston's like a big city, basically. Uh, Evanston's really cool. Lake Forest. Underrated. Gorgeous. We're actually going to a wedding there this weekend. Uh, Tinley Park. Underrated because they've got a big uh, theater thing down there, and those those south side neighborhoods are very nice. Um, Tinley Park, underrated. Uh, Aurora. I don't know anything. I, I don't want to disparage Aurora with fine people. I, I would say indifferent. St. Char- Charles. Okay, St. Charles is really far, but it, I think it's nice, so I'm going to give it an underrated. I actually worked with a guy who talked about the two pizza places there a lot. It, it, it's out there, but we'll give it an underrated. Yeah. Calumet? Calumet. Now, that's getting down by uh, Harborside, I believe, which is like the one city course. Um, underrated. For no reason other than I don't know anything about it, I'm feeling generous. All right, I got to ask you about the pizza. Is Chicago pizza any good? No. Thank not. you. Um, God. It's, it, it's too much. And if you ever get it on a plate, it's like holding like a child and on your plate. It's <laughs> heavy. Uh, it, it It's just too much pizza. Like a thin crust with just a good couple toppings. Um, that's the best pizza, right? Maybe some extra sauce. Um, but I don't particularly love deep dish thick crust pizza i think there's way better thin crust around here i think chicago should be known much more for the hot dogs yeah hot dogs yeah the we chicago style dogs night. oh yeah we had those last night with my cousin who came over um they're amazing right they're so good and i think so my mom like you're not supposed to eat those when you're pregnant you're not supposed to eat hot dogs and like deli meat when you're pregnant my mom ate a right. shitload of those when she was pregnant with me <laughs> <laughs> So maybe that's why I like them, you know? Yeah. Um, Like nothing is better than a good Chicago dog, even like the the ball games and stuff like that, right? You just feel like even if it's just a generic hot dog with no, uh, none of the Chicago fixings, I just feel like a hot dog tastes better here with like a shitty beer. Um, I agree. And they even like the polo sausage and the stuff like that. Basically any encased meat, I wish Chicago would kind of go after instead of the pizza stuff. Because man, like it is 92 today. I picked my kid up from preschool earlier. I walked to get him and, you know, coming back, what, what would be worse than just a big four corner deep dish Giordano's pizza right now? Just y'all, you would, no, thank you. No, thank you. Um, give me a hot dog instead. Mark Pryor or Kerry Wood. You're talking to a Reds fan here, though, right? Well, can, no. I, can I actually can I actually audible that and give you a, a big Z, a Zambrano? Oh, of course you can audible that. He was so volatile. He was so volatile, but he also remember he slugged like 440 
That guy was no he joke did. at the he plate. He did. Yeah. Um, He's thick too. And, and he could either he would either give you a complete game, fourteen Ks, and he would just howl like a madman, or he would literally give up seven earned runs in like a third of an inning. It was an unbelievable thing. Um, but his stuff was electric. But I think Kerry Wood over Mark Fryer. I think Kerry Wood yeah. had the much more impactful and uh, you know legacy career. And Pryor probably could have been, but like could have, would have, should have. He just always got injured. So the other day I went. On, so first of all, um, hate to see your boy Tom Brenneman. Mm. Uh, tough scene down there. Um, the last last couple of days. I, I believe that's Joe's parents' na- uh, neighbor. Tom, really? Tom Brennan. Yeah. Yeah. A couple, couple doors down, I'd say four or five doors down. Yikes. Um, it, hit the, it hit the fam. Uh, mom and dad are, they're reeling about it, right? Uh, but Tom Brennan, so I remember when Marty Brennan, Tom's father, longtime Reds broadcaster, went after Cubs fans. Said like they're yeah. they're the worst of the worst. Like they're they're just like the most classless bunch, a bunch of morons, like ruining it for everybody. I'm sure there's good fans, but the majority and I'm gonna back him up completely. The one season so I interned for the Reds for one season. Um this was in two thousand eight. Summer of two thousand eight. Yeah. Uh so it was like great, you know, like Griffey was going for six hundred and all that stuff. And the Cubs would come into town and like I've never like I wanted to like just get hostile with like this 75 year old lady at one point. I mean, it was, they are the most obnoxious, uneducated fans I've ever come across in all of sports. Cubs? Amen. Cubs. Yeah. The Cubs. They, they they are right. It's because like, they also, they get, they basically get a new crop of Midwestern transplants every year that become Cubs fans. Think about it. Like they're like the fountain of youth. For, for baseball because not only do they get two million or whatever the hell we have in the city, we have I think like eight in the metro area. They get all the DePaul grants, all the University of Chicago, all the people like me that moved up here, like Phil that moved up here. And if they come from a city or they come from like a family that doesn't like love baseball and have a team, like they're gonna just become Cubs fans. Uh, my wife wears around a Cubs World Series shirt. She even wore it this past weekend and my blood boils. <laughs> I want to throw it, but she wears it because when they won the thing after they beat the Indians, you know, was that three or four years ago, maybe five at this point, she just wanted to get the merch. So, um, you know, God. Would you say they, being uh, a fan of the Cubs is like the most trendy uh, thing in Chicago o- over, you know, the Bears, Blackhawks, Bulls? I, I have to think. Fire, Chicago Fire. The, the Fire, certainly the White Sox. I mean, I, mean, I, I feel like the, the Cubs are, it, it's cool to be a Cubs fan. So the Cubs, remember, they were awesome when we just talked about, like, when you talked about how, like, those Cubs teams, those 04, 05, 06, 07, that was when, like, Derek Lee and Aramis Ramirez would literally come to Cincinnati and they would go over a collective three-game series. Phil, you remember this. Of course. They would go. They'd hit. They'd have seven extra base hits between the two of them, nine RBIs. And they would OPS like two point one, and they would just leave town. <laughs> I <laughs> hated Derek Lee monster. for no reason. I just didn't but didn't that, like it. I just didn't like Derek Lee, like for no good reason. Oh, I, I just couldn't stand oh, no, him. I didn't either. But they, they they were good, and then like then they fell apart, right? They they couldn't put it together. I think they lost a couple times to the Dodgers. I remember Matt Kemp hit a grand slam against them in the playoffs, kind of crippled them. They had some like they basically flamed out, right? That's when Dusty I think left ish 
kind of unceremoniously he was out. And then yeah, they were with the, with the, it culminated with Bartman. Yeah. And, and when they right, lost to the Marlins. Right. The Marlins. And then they were terrible for, I think, seven years. And the Reds actually, I think, ended up beating them, I think, at one point, 19 straight games. The Reds were good. And that's when um, you would never find a Chicago Cubs fan at Great American Ballpark. That was always like, my issue. They were bad. They're the they ultimate bandwagon fans, and yeah. they took pride in being shitty. And now, all of a sudden, when they're good, the bandwagon is full, and they're obnoxious as hell. And they travel. They, they, then they were really obnoxious. When they, when they lost to the Whoever they lost to before they won the World Series against the Indians the year before, that was a very good team, I remember. The fans were just, they lost to the Mets because it was Garden and they just threw those like four aces at them, I'm pretty sure. Um, man, they got really obnoxious. And then the next year, they were more obnoxious. And then everyone just didn't understand why they weren't in the playoffs like three years ago. They're like, oh, the playoffs are starting. Why aren't the Cubs in it? I'm like, because <laughs> you don't just get into the playoffs, man. Like, unless, unless, unless it's in. golf. Unless it's golf, then right, everybody right, gets right. into the playoffs. <laughs> That's true. Um, but anyway, like the fans would be baffled. I remember one time, one of my friends from school, she lived up in the North Shore, uh, basically it's how where you're born. And she's just like, I don't understand why Kerry Wood just doesn't start every game. He's just the best pitcher. Like, why would you even want to put in anybody else besides Kerry Wood? And I was like, well, there you go. There we have it. Uh, do, you rest me- my case. do you remember how good Ryan Dempster was? And then this, like, the second he came to Cincinnati – like he was terrible in Cincinnati, and then the second he went to Chicago, he turned into you know like a seventeen game winner. Ryan Dempster came up in the Marlins organization along with Josh. Who was that guy that oh, he came up with? Beckett. You know, oh, the other guy. Beckett. Beckett. There was another Dempster, dude, and then the other guy that was in Boston for a while. Yeah. Do you guys remember that guy threw absolute gas? Yes. Was it Josh Johnson? Josh Johnson. That's it. He was a I stud. Yeah, that was but he just couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't stay healthy. He was like a prior, basically. Except I think he might have been um, lefty. I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, Bill. Remember how excited we were when we got Dempster because we're like, well, I think he was kind of good in Florida. He was like, I think he might have had a six ERA over a whole season. Do you know how hard it is to have a six ERA as a starting pitcher over a whole season? <laughs> it's really hard. The Reds. The uh, Reds always seem to find him though. <laughs> were you talking about AJ Burnett? That's it. That's who I was talking about. Thank you. I was talking about Josh Johnson. Okay. (laughs) I was talking about both. AJ Burnett was filthy. I was talking about both, but I don't think they actually all were Marlins at one point. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy to think. Burnett was filthy with the Blue Jays, too, wasn't he? Yeah. He had a few stops, but. um, Dude, they just turn out. I'd much rather have a Marlins uh, hierarchy than Cincinnati's. You know what I mean? From a franchise perspective. So, are you a Bears fan at all? No. Dalton until I die. <laughs> oh, God, you're a Dalton guy? I'm Okay, so I am the least... I, I hate... I don't hate anybody in sports because it's sports. I strongly don't recommend Andy Dalton to any team ever. Uh, Thank you. He is what's wrong with Cincinnati sports. He's what's wrong with Cincinnati sports is that they've been devoid and destitute of, of winners and champions for decades at this point. And when you get a guy who is like, like maybe aggressively average, mediocre, right? Right. They just cling on to him, and then they're like, you know what? It would be good. Instead of actually uh, you know, having a quarterback that can elevate uh, 10 yeah. other guys, let's try to build a team of 10 other guys to elevate the quarterback. And that is just the wrong way to build in the NFL, as everyone knows. Randy's- and they tried it. 
Randy's brother-in-law, Goodbar. He's like, they should build a statue outside of Paul Brown Stadium for Dalton. Like, you're a, you're a yeah. moron. <laughs> that is, I would okay. You know what? I would join a movement to tear that statue down immediately, <laughs> and I would hope that there would be no prosecution. I've already got two strikes on my record, so I couldn't really deal with a third. So I might have to get geared up or something, but I'd get that statue down one way or the other. I would tear down an Andy Dalton statue outside of Paul Brown Stadium. Uh, I got a question for you. Favorite holiday in Chicago, Halloween or St. Patrick's Day? That's a great question. Um, it, it, well, hold on. A really good question. It, is Halloween like a big thing in Chicago? It's a big thing everywhere. It's just a lot of fun. Um, you know, in those <laughs> aforementioned north side neighborhoods. I got to say St. Patrick's Day, as cliche as that is. Um, this one wasn't obviously much for anybody, even if you were in the suburbs or in the city. I think a lot of people were just beginning to kind of shut down, um, if I remember correctly. But historically speaking, we've had awesome St. Patrick's Day parties uh, at our condos, been to great St. Patrick's Day parties, been to bars at 5 in the morning, doing Jameson shots at 5.30, basically home, passed out by noon. So I would, I would definitely go St. Patrick's Day. Plus, you also got a lot of the St. Patrick's Day opening weekend NCAA kind of cross-homogenization where you'd get 16 games, or maybe it would be pared down by that point, but the tourney would be going full swing uh, on a lot of, uh, no, wait, that's a tourney. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll take better. So, yeah, that's right. So, you know, good memories there. So what's the, uh, what's the vibe as far as the Bears go? Are people excited for Big Dick Nick? <laughs> wait, he's here now, but, is uh, what's his face still here? Uh, the little guy from North, North Carolina, um, Trubisky. Is Trubisky, yeah. yeah. They're just gonna bench him. Yeah. Well, they they they're saying it's an open competition, but uh, they didn't. They already didn't pick up his option. So, so he's, he's kind of a he's a dead duck. man walking. I'm sh- yeah, I'm shocked they wouldn't cut him. Well, I mean, it's guaranteed money this year, though. I I mean, I guess I I don't know. It just seems like he. would He'd be a malcontent. Not that he is a malcontent. It, it seemed like it'd just be a weird atmosphere in the locker room. But It's going to be a weird atmosphere. The Bears do love putting unreasonably about 40 to $50 million into their quarterback position. Like when they signed that guy. Oh, my God, Glennon. <laughs> yeah, that Glennon has like to be the worst years. contract in the history of football. And everyone was like, wait, you got Trubisky, I think, his rookie year, right? Is that when yeah. they, it was when they had him. They were giving him – Top yeah. three money, probably twelve. Like, why would you want to give another seventeen to Mike Glennon when you could literally just go buy an offensive lineman? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And Glennon um, was awful. Like, it, it didn't make sense because Glennon he was in Tampa good. Bay before, I think, and then he was he, in Arizona for a bit. Like, but like, is, go, going back, the whole Trubisky draft pick just didn't make any sense at the time either. He had one season of being a starter, and like, he wasn't very good at North Carolina. He wasn't. Um, he had a good pretty junior much year. As, it was as dumb as the Bengals taking Akili Smith off of That's like eight. That's a great comp. Eight. Yeah. Um, so are people are people kind of just ready for Matt Nagy? Which everybody's like, oh, you know, he's scheming them up like crazy. Like I have not been impressed at all. He's he all he does is accumulate tight ends. They have fifteen tight ends. <laughs> Big tight ends too. He doesn't like him too mobile. He doesn't want to get him too. He doesn't want him off the block too quick. Except, except for Trey Burton. Time. But Trey Burton yeah, like yeah. couldn't see the field, you know? They, they got the uh, Tariq Cohen. They got to let Tariq Cohen get in space a little bit more. He's like 5'2". 
the defenses yeah, can't see him. That's right. That's right. Uh, he's like basically half work done is Tree Cohen. Um, but, <laughs> but the shittier half. <laughs> yeah, it worked out for like all pro, right? Exactly. He's like everything you don't want in a all, every down NFL linebacker or uh, running back. Um, yeah, the Bears, man, like, I don't know. I don't think my buddies are too excited about him. They're, they're a long way off now because they, they missed their window with their defense and their offense has been kind of boring. They've, their offense has been really boring for like 25 years. So um, you think the Browns have got like a hilarious stable of ex-quarterbacks in which they do. I mean, the Bears are not very much far behind if you yeah. go back that, that long. Yeah. I used to play a lot of golf with uh, Dick Duron up in Boston. Yeah. And uh, he's like good friends of uh, – I'm good friends with his daughter, my wife and I are. And, um, yeah, he was like, man, like we really, really – we were close that one year – I'm trying to think who their quarterback was. It Rick Meyer from. Well, when was it? Probably was it uh, I'm not Greasy? sure if you can actually be close if Rick Meyer's your quarterback, but <laughs> it I, might have been when Grossman was the quarterback when they went to the Super Bowl. Was he? Was he the coach of the Super Bowl team? Uh, no, he was the coach the year before. So it was Grossman if they were close because that was when they get, went and played the Colts. Um, and Hester returned the first kickoff for a touchdown. Yeah, so he um, put that whole team together with. You know, like Peanut Tillman and um, the D. Who was the D tackle they had? Just absolute uh, savage. It must have been the 2001 team where they went 13 and three. Yeah, he was. He was. Or he, 2001. He was AP Coach of the Year. Okay, it, well then we're talking wrong teams. But that's crazy. They were 13 and three in 2001. Yeah. Who was their quarterback? They were so good. Yeah, Ted, Jim, Ted Washington was the was the defensive tackle I was talking about. Oh yeah, Jim Miller was the yeah, quarterback. Jim Miller. He's from oh, Michigan. You're right. Yeah, and then David Terrell. They had David Terrell. They had Anthony Thomas. Um, they must. That was the just the bomb threat defense. Exactly. Okay. Mike Brown, safety. Erlacher yeah. in his yeah. prime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they had yeah. they had they had Shane Matthews, Cade McNown, Jim Miller, and Danny Warfel. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I can still hear Chris Berman doing his Shane Matthews band. Uh, you know, whatever that show that he did when he talked about Shane Matthews. Like NFL, um, yeah, NFL primetime yeah, or whatever. NFL yeah. Primetime or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right. John played for the band. Are you, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was like, he's like a freaking, I mean, he's like a remarkable story. Just, um, I mean, he was a, he was like, he's like 5'11, 175 pounds and played in the league for like 12 years. He's a yeah, stud. Um, are you a Bulls fan? I like the Bulls. Um, yeah, they're the one team. And I like the Blackhawks, too. Um, they kind of had a pretty tough fall, but they were very good for – you talked about who's the most trendy. The Blackhawks got pretty trendy, but they were also awesome for, like, a six-year period. Like, I think they won three times. Yeah, six the, years the Patrick Kane and um, – Isn't Patrick Kane a bad guy, though? I, I think he was a bad guy, but I don't know if he's still a bad guy. I he think, got so bombed. He would be so bombed. Yeah. That he would just be so blacked out. Um, he he may yeah, have been a bad guy. I feel like he may have matured. I'm not. I'm not too sure though. Who was the bad guy? The bank. The uh, Bears had. He was like a defensive. Tank Johnson. And Tank Johnson. Tank Johnson. <laughs> yeah. He had. He liked. He liked weapons, didn't he? He would always yeah, like get shit faced and drive, and then have a bunch of weapons in his car. You just do really weird stuff, yes. Like get arrested on the Dan Ryan with like three submachine guns in his car, like the <laughs> night before playing. Like, what exactly. are you doing out here? He became a Bengal and a cowboy, so he kind of kept kept moving. Yeah. 
I, I, I'm racking my brain. Who was the really good Blackhawk along with uh, Patrick Kane? Oh, Taze. Taze. Jonathan Taze. Taze. Yeah. Okay. Jonathan Taze, right. Kane, and then they have the um, shit. The, the, oh god, the goalie. I think they still have the goalie Crawford. Um, but he's kind of getting. Yeah. I think he didn't get a lot, but yeah, they were very good. Uh, what's your favorite restaurant in the city? Favorite restaurant in the city? That's a pretty good question. Like pre pre COVID, um, obviously. Mm, I know, right? Um, I would say Mott Street is probably my favorite restaurant in the city. Uh, it's like an Asian fusion new thing. It's on Ashland, and I guess it's what is it? North. It's like Ashland and Division, so it's kind of in that Wicker Parky neighborhood. Gotcha. Um, it was rated the number one burger in the city, and they do a lot of like. Uh, you know, it's good bar food, but it's just really, really good. Um, my wife and I ate there a lot when we lived in the area. Um, so, how about you? How about you guys? Do you have any favorites here? I uh, I was underwhelmed by the Publican. Yeah, over too. what's that like West Loop or whatever? West Loop. I hated that place. They put you in like a cattle gate. They shut you in at the seats, and you get like a freeze salad and like a salmon and or a piece of salmon. It's like. Sixty-eight dollars. Yeah, I didn't like that. Uh, I've been to. I've been fortunate to go to Alinea. Alinea Ooh. was fantastic. There, like three or four years ago. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'd love to just take a trip to Chicago and just eat, eat, eat. It's a great food yeah. city. People think about steakhouses and like I don't know if this stats true or not, but Gibson. There's a couple of them, right? There's one downtown. Uh, there's one actually out here in Oak Brook, close to Clarendon Hills. And then there might be another one. I don't really know if there is or not. Um, I think there's a third. The one downtown on like Rush Street, like in the Viagra Triangle, that that place, it's a steakhouse. You're going to get a lot of the same stuff you get in any city. You know, any city has a great steakhouse. Even Omaha or even, you know, Tulsa has a good steakhouse. But like, Don't say even Omaha. One, Omaha's got, got, got all the meat, they, man. That's right. I guess that's true. They probably have a hell, everything's probably a great steakhouse there. Gibson's is top notch. And I, heard something that they are the highest revenue generating restaurant in the country uh pre-covid obviously oh chicago's a big big miller light town <laughs> big miller light yeah can't keep it stocked in the shelves <laughs> enough uh everybody just loves get watching the cubs over a six or a miller that's right well, in yeah. old style right in that yeah. the crappy that's cheap the one. Beer. Yeah, they used and to then, sell old style in uh, four, like the tall boy four packs at the liquor store. Oh yeah, in oh, in, yeah. in uh, Oxford, I used to drink the shit out of that in college. Yeah, there was that drive-through uh, liquor store, the Red Ox up in Oxford. You could just drive your car through and get <laughs> beers. I remember. It's great, right? Was that what it's called? Yeah, you yeah. got such a good memory. Uh, is Northwestern Chicago's Big Ten team? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I it's so hard because you get. You get the Michigan alums, right? And they, there are a lot of them here. You get the Northwesterners, but I feel like Northwestern people don't want it because they're Northwestern. They're just more proud that they went there. You get a bunch of Illinois, right? You get a lot of people from Champaign, like a ton of Illinoisans, like, or Illinoisans, whatever the plural is. Um, and you get a ton of in Notre Dame, but they aren't Big Ten, but they still act like they are. So, And, and yeah. a sneaky amount of Iowa people, I, I always felt oh, like. Yeah. Great point. A ton of people from Iowa. Um, you know, enough where you'd have, like, you'd go out and see people in an Iowa bar for, like, an 11 o'clock tip-off 
against like Indiana. And you're like, what the hell is going on at Marple Bar? And there's 500 people from Iowa and they're just getting absolutely hammered. Um, yeah, like I guess if I had to pick one, I would say Illinois. Because okay. of the number of alumni. Yeah. Midway or O'Hare? Midway. Midway. So every time I go to Midway, the security line is around the block. It's a disgrace. Uh, I, I do not, but I have like the priority access with United. And so typically Look, I'm flying with through O'Hare. So, man, make a suggestion. If you're golfing with Dick Duran, go ahead and pop that free uh, free check <laughs> onto your to do list. It's going to change your life. I don't golf with him uh, anymore. Just, just when I lived in Boston. Why Midway? Just because it's so much easier well, and closer? Easier from where we are in the burbs. It's, it's, way, it's actually not that much closer. It just feels like, I think, a little bit. Um, I don't know. I've never really had. I've also flown a lot of Southwest, right? I'm yeah. working stuff like this to get the points. Because when you travel with a family, too, like I have a reoccurring nightmare. Like this is all before the COVID stuff, but of booking like a you know two thousand dollars flight for my family and I to go to like let's say Jacksonville, and then a kid getting sick or puking, you can't go, and then you're totally screwed because you're like booked to United or something like that formally. And now Southwest just gave me so much flexibility, so that's why I would always go to Midway, Midway, Midway. Um, I don't know, just getting in, getting out. I think it's cleaner. I think it's better designed. And I think you probably have a higher on-time flight percentage. And I'm just doing that off a gut. But I think that's true. Uh, I have a question, though. Have you ever been through the O'Hare? Was that like that lighted tunnel thing that they have? Oh, yeah. That's I mean, the, to get to the, the United side. Oh, that yeah, thing's sick. It's like, the, it's like the urban rainforest in Atlanta. <laughs> it's like you're in like a, a like a little club, right? Like down in South. Yeah. You've got like the lighted floors and the ceilings. You're actually going under a, um, you're going under some road or maybe even like a piece of a runway there yeah. uh, to get to the side. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every time I fly through O'Hare, like my luggage either gets lost or something, something ends up happening inevitably. Yeah, O'Hare is. Uh, it's a dump. We, I try to. Yeah. Like, we we talk a lot about grocery stores. What, what what's your what's your go to grocery store up up where you are, on the burbs? Well, as you know, I'm a bit of a grocery store bad boy, right? Uh, <laughs> I got I got to watch my P's and Q's. Uh, but Mariano's, which is owned by Kroger, is uh, a great grocery store, mm. and they're all over the place. Um, they yeah, that's our that's our go to, and uh, we're, go ahead. I stick up for Kroger, and I just get I, I get a lot of flack for it. Kroger's is great. Oh, God. Thank you. Thank Get you. Get out of here. Tron, Tron is sullied by one like bad Kroger in Atlanta. Oh. No. Oh listen, God. Barnes, I'll be the first to admit the Kroger's in the in the tri-state Cincinnati area are good. But they're not good yeah. a lot of other places. The quality control, yeah, and I think it can dissipate. I can see that. I mean, there's Jewels too, which is basically like the Kroger equivalent. Like Mariano's might it's about the same thing. I mean, if I'm outside of Chicago, what grocery store do I want to shop at? Definitely Piggly Wiggly because I know like I'm on vacation or I'm probably somewhat intoxicated if I'm entering a Piggly Wiggly. Like most times I go into Piggly Wiggly, I've probably had three or four beers. And that's just because of, it's a vacation destination thing. So I do love Piggly Wiggly. Uh, it's got a soft spot for me. You said you said Dominic's is your is the one? Mariano's. Mariano's. No, okay. There's another Mariano's. one, Dominic's, Dominic's, right? Which is the is Safeway no one. 
No longer? Dominic, no longer. I don't believe it's a Dominic Club. Oh, it was. Uh, oh, you're right. Wow. Huge. It, yeah. Mariano just took over Kroger. Oh, I can get Skyline in the uh, in the Marianos here, which is kind of a nice little treat for me. And what about graders? Oh, yeah. They oh, stock good, that up good. everywhere. All right, good. What's the infrastructure scene like? Every, every time I go up to Chicago, I'm always in awe of the infrastructure, but also like some of it feels like it's crumbling as well, and the state might go bankrupt. Is that at any given moment, the state is ready to just get its pink slip, right? It just be done. Um, oh, God, the state's a mess. Everything's a mess here. But the infrastructure, so the reason why I mentioned those towns out west and it's not as much north, but I think the train does run through there, and it does. So there's a downtown city train, right, the CTA that you guys have been on, that the red line goes up to Wrigleyville, mm -hmm. uh, the purple line goes to Evanston, uh, the green line, yellow line, the blue line is where we were when we were living. Um, that, that's what you take to O'Hare. I think the orange line is midway. Um, anyway, that's the commuter train in, in the city. Then you've got the um, metro train, or called the commuter line trails, that goes out to basically all the, the, all the arteries of the burbs. It's very similar to what you see like in Philly. And we live off of one of those lines. So that where all the stops are is obviously where the towns are. So the infrastructure here is awesome. I mean, I can get from my house to the train station in seven minutes, get on a Metra. Um, you know, I can listen to my podcast for 30 minutes, get to Union Station and then walk to my office across the river. So, you know, it, that was a key reason we chose this suburb is the proximity to the train that was which, what my parents know, always said months. they said like we they yeah. only they only had one car when they lived up there and my dad would just take the train into the city every day and walk walk home a couple blocks from the Tra trains are awesome they're the like, best there's because you, you can relax in a train like you said you can listen you can read something uh it's it's actually reliable trains reliable trains sure but it, it's it's probably nice to even have like a half hour train ride where you, you can just decompress after work. So you're walking in the door and your mind's kind of in a much better spot than if you're driving or, you know, anything. Oh like yeah. That. Or even like standing on the train, right? Like I love that. I did. You can always check the app and know when your train's going to leave that they're, they're very efficient. Like if you're at a four forty three train out to get home and you want to get home by five fifteen or something like that, like, you bet you damn well better be on that train at 442 because she is leaving. Uh, and uh, so a little bit of like anxiety getting there or whatever, if I wanted to leave work a little bit early. But, um, you know, the infrastructure here is great. The airports are world-class. So here obviously does a ton of flights. Um, you ever fly out of Milwaukee? I've never flown out of Milwaukee. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> I have not. I don't know why you I, would. I, I, I can't see us ever. I mean, by the time I can definitely see my young self doing that. Like, Hey, T, I think we can get like 80 bucks off these flights to like, you know, Pensacola. If we swing through Milwaukee and then before you know it, it's just all hell breaks loose. It's just not even worth it. Uh, I'm reading a little bit here about Dominic's tough scene, massive investigative reporting by Chicago blogger, Jill Cataldo in 2011 about a widespread issue with the sale of expired products in mm. Dominic's stores, some over two years past their expiration date. God, I Unacceptable. Hate, hate that. Unacceptable. Uh, That's why they're no longer. Favorite skyscraper, Chicago. So I listened to your guys' Boston one, which was good, and it was I had just been there uh, right before I had just mentioned. Right, I, I was out there. I had a meeting at the Prudential Building, and I got lost, just like everybody does in Boston, and you know, kind of you know, whatever. 
You guys said the Hancock building was kind of the most preeminent, I believe you said there, the Hancock Tower. I don't know. I mean, uh, I think in the in the minds of like people who are outside of Boston, I think it's the Hancock. I think for people who live in Boston, it's definitely the Prudential, right? Yeah. And I got to eat at that restaurant, right? And they closed that restaurant now. Yeah. Um, for some reason. It's a great view. Everything you see the the port and everything like there. Um so I was thinking about it, and I actually think the Hancock Building here um, on Michigan Avenue, to me, is, is Chicago. More than the Sears Tower. I mean, the Sears Tower is phenomenal. or the Willis Tower now, but, like, it's its own thing, right? But I don't know. With looking from the city from the north side, when you get that, like, lake view, and you see the Drake there, and you see the Hancock Building, to me, that's, like, the most preeminent, uh, recognizable one. So that's my, that's my take. I know Randy's a big, big fan of uh, the Trump Tower. Of course. I, I will say uh, one of the most fun things I've ever done in Chicago, and I would recommend it, is the architecture tour by boat. Oh, yeah. I think is is well worth the time and, and money. That's a very interesting and, and nice way to see the city, too. It is. And the history about it and the river flows backwards and then, like, the locks and stuff like that. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, that infrastructure is pretty cool. And the Trump Tower is an awesome building. It's gorgeous on the river. Yeah. Uh, like right by my office. I see it. I saw it every day I was there. Um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I'll tell you uh, what my favorite river. is. 77 West Wacker Drive. That's the one that looks like it's got kind of the like triangle up top. It's kind of like a... Oh, yeah. I don't know. I always, that, that one always just take like just... It was oh, actually you know it was actually the headquarters of uh, United Airlines. Okay, for a while. I think that is the Boeing building now. No, um, there's a Boeing building that's really cool on Wacker too. Um, but similar, it, it looks just like that one. Your Wacker one. Yeah, I like that one. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I think the the uh, Hancock was definitely. I think that's more notable than the former Sears now Willis. Yeah. I, that's, that was kind of my take too, right? Um, it just you, it's it's iconic, yeah. and that area of the city, like that North Michigan Avenue, like I guess it's called. I don't really know what the hell they call it anymore. Streeterville area is awesome. That I think I think the Aon Center. Solly used to work up there. That one is. Uh, it's always just so like brutalist, big white it, building. It looks exactly like World Trade Center. If you look at yeah. it, like it's almost like a clone of it, just smaller. And yeah, that's that's also in a really beautiful area of the city, uh, kind of getting on the east side uh, of like Michigan Avenue. Um, and the park, I think, is like right set below that. Um, yeah, that's a beautiful building too. That whole area is awesome. Lots of great parks in Chicago, uh, like the the Lincoln Park Zoo. That whole complex I, I thought was awesome do you have a favorite park or garden in the city joe you know what it's definitely that lincoln park zoo area uh there's like because uh, when you live in that area right and you're in your like 20s or whatever just being able to walk out of your house the zoo's free you can walk in and out of there all the time um, we took our kids there you know they're four and two now but when they were younger before we moved out to the burbs we would go to the zoo often um, the fact that it was free for everybody, it's beautiful, well-maintained, all Lincoln Park is just gorgeous. Um, I'm trying to think like, Ooh, you know what? Um, hang on, there's another park. Fill me in with another question while I look this up. Cause there's another, another one that I, that I think you guys should 
know about at least. Well, I want to change my I want to change my pick for favorite building. Is it the what bean? No, it's the no, it's not the bean, Randy. <laughs> uh, the Marina City ones, where like the two oh, circular yeah. ones, those are so cool. Yeah, those are cool. That's where like you get the um, you get the, uh, the, the the insurance commercial with the cars flipping out of it. Yes. Yeah, into the river. It was yeah, the yeah, it was yeah. the front of the Wilco album too, right? Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, I think. That's right. That's right. Oh yeah, Chicago. Sorry, I got it. Botanical Center, Botanic Garden. That place is awesome. Um, but that's more out of the, I guess, it's not in the city. So, you know, yeah, they kinda, it's up north, really. Going, all right. I, I've got I've to ask you about the Bengals. Um, <laughs> are, you, are you hopeful? Do you like Zach Taylor? I don't know about Zach Taylor. I have no idea. He drafted a tight end with a second round pick who I don't even know would have been drafted like two years ago. So that kind of gave me a little pause. Um, you know, I'm talking about Phil, what's that guy's name that they drafted sample Drew sample. He was like purely uh, a blocking tight end or something. <laughs> it was a very, yeah. yeah, it was very yeah. avant-garde selection. When you're, when you're like, I, I don't think he was on Kuiper's big board, like at all. No. I remember, I remember the experts being so perplexed. When you go two and fourteen, you can't get cute and take like a Washington State blocking tight end with like your thirty seventh overall selection. It's insane. It's an actually insane thing to do. Um, I think he went that high. Maybe he went a little bit later. They might have traded back. I'm he was fifty second. Fifty second. Okay, but yeah. not as bad. It's still mid to late second round. Um, I am excited about Burrow. I mean, I made a shitload of money gambling on that guy this past year. Watching those teams were electric. Yeah, He's really, really good. His swagger is good. He's definitely not the Cincinnati kind of guy, which I love. He's not just going to come here and basically – he's not an Andy Dalton. That's basically all I want out of a quarterback. I want him to, like, have some fire. And if he ends up being worse than Dalton, but, like, has, like, a crazier attitude, I think it might be good for the city. But I think he's truly going to be very good. Um, I probably wouldn't have – franchise aj green i probably would have let him go that was my like next question do, are you do you yeah. like aj green or not i love aj green of course I mean, yes thank you he, he he's phenomenal done nothing he's phenomenal he's done nothing but be well worth and beyond what his draft and the money's been paid is except it's tough except like, he sat out he, last year right he's 30 what two or three now he's got a high propensity to get injured He's skinny. Things he's too feet. skinny. Yeah, he's skinny. He's picking his feet. Like, you know, a wide receiver that puts all they are feet and hands. And he's basically missed two of the last three years, and he's made $60 million doing it. So, you know, it's, it's just a tough. Barnes, that's what I've been trying to tell Randy. He lacks the most important ability. Getting on the Availability. Field. Right? That's right. That is exactly right. Barnes, you know. I'm, I'm glad they finally cut Dre Kirkpatrick's ass. That guy was fucking trash from the moment he walked in the door well, don't worry trey wayne's their quarterback a quarterback they signed from uh the yeah Vikings. he's out for the year now right i've heard some rumbling that they might be all dialing up dre k back <laughs> no dre dre signed yesterday he signed oh, with the cardinals oh, yesterday oh thank god the Bengals went like seemingly eight straight years drafting a cornerback in the first round zimmer and, he's like addicted to him none of them like turned yeah. out to be all that good. darquez denard William Jackson, yeah. Drake Kirkpatrick, yeah. 
Um, Jacob Patrick, actually, former Terrace Park resident. Uh, nice home there. Um, the, yeah, the problem uh, if you cut AJ Green, though, like John Ross is extremely nebbish. He, I, I don't trust him. Tyler at Boyd's all. not a number one. I do like Tyler Boyd, but, but yeah, best, he needs somebody to play off of. Yeah. Right. They, like, who, but yeah, John Ross is done. I mean, he's not going to ever do anything for you. T. Higgins is going to be very, very good. I like T. Higgins, um, but he's raw. He's a little drafting. raw. Yeah. But I guess, like, if you didn't have the money, if you didn't know where you're going to put the money, I think they gave AG like $18 million for this year or whatever, which is, I think, that you take the top five and divide it, and that's how you get the franchise number or something like that. Um, you know, I guess they could have spent the money worse, right? They could have given it to Mike Glennon, for instance. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take a chance uh, on a healthy kind of redemption year from AJ, right? Well, so. well the whole Cordy Glenn thing last year didn't didn't <laughs> pan out. Um, no, that's not. They, so, uh, uh, all right, we got we got to let Barnes go. You get right. you get one or two more questions. God, all right. If you were favorite. Favorite Bengal out of these three: Odell Thurman, Slim Thug, Chris Henry, or Adam Pacman Jones. Okay, uh, I'm gonna take the first one because the second one is just too unfortunate, and the third one, that guy is just kind of a bozo. Uh, Odell Thurman was a bozo, right? But he was so good. For I think I only got to watch him play maybe so what nine games total. His rookie year, uh, maybe he played the full season. I don't know. I think he might have to see have like a ridiculous number of tackles. Maybe like two hundred or something like that. I think he, he was, was on so meth. You're exactly he right. Was- he, he literally played one year, <laughs> um, and that was that was the best Bengals team. That was the year oh. I believe Carson got his knee assassinated by uh, chemo von Chemo. chemo. Yeah. 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 Um, and and he had Odell had. Five interceptions, uh, five forced fumbles, uh, 105 tackles. Like he, he was, he so was good. absolutely the ball hawking yeah, playmaker. He was so they good needed. at Georgia. I saw him pick six one at yeah. Georgia for like 107 yards against Auburn. It was crazy how fast and like lithe he, he was. was. Um, he was like a pinball, and then yeah. he was just amazing. He's exactly what you want from middle linebacker. He looked kind of like Ray Lewis, but even a little bit looser and. They also had Pollock, too, who was supposed to be really, really good. And they basically lost those two guys and then Chris Henry two years later. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a lot to lose right. um, from a team that, like, was pretty good. But those are three of your, you know, what you would count on for the next five, six, seven-year guys. So that kind of stunk. All right, last question. Do you do you play any golf in Chicago? Uh, yeah. Um, I do play golf in Chicago. Um, I got a couple buddies that belong to Olympia. So I think I've played down there twice. I think the tournament there this, is this weekend at BMW. Alleg- allegedly. Allegedly. We, we, we aren't sure. Really? Wait, wait. What do you mean? <laughs> no, just joking. But yes. Is it this weekend? Y- yes, yeah. it is. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, and... I thought they were going to cancel it or something like that. I knew it was coming up. No, we, we uh, just try not to talk pro golf on this podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so then out here, there's a couple of municipal courses. There's hackers. You know, with me, with the kids and the wife, 18 is too long for me. Uh, I will play nine. I like it. Flag Creek. Uh, there's a golf course out in Wheaton. We talked about that earlier called Cantigny, which is really pretty, really beautiful. Um Harborside, which is like a city course down there. That's a fun one to play. It's really hard. If I'm in the 90s, 
I'm really happy, and I've never been below 90. So there you go. Um, Are you going out and getting bombed on the course? (laughs) No. Okay. Memorial Day, Labor Day, Fourth of July, you bet bet your ass I am. Uh, If I'm going out with my dad, who was off a couple weeks ago with me, we might have one or two beers. Um, But gone are the days of kind of treating the golf course like it's, you know. um, An outdoor bar. Right, right, right. Tens of dates. Absolutely. But yeah, a little golf. I think Brooks Kepka said it best when he was like, I kind of zone out holes uh, like 13 through 17. He's like, sometimes those just feel way too long to me. I'm in the same boat. I wish I could kind of speed through those four holes and just kind of get to the, you know, basically I wish golf was 15 holes long. That's, that's kind of like Gosh. I mean, it can be. You can just walk off the course. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. you ever play Mount Prospect? No. I've, I've, I've done a really bad job of playing like any courses that aren't basically those four or five. Get up uh, there. I played such- there. friend of ours, Andy Johnson, recommended it. and uh, Played there a few years ago when the BMW was at uh, Conway Farms. But it's a super, super cool spot and, and super affordable. And like really, yeah. like it's in good shape, great architecture, super approachable, cool spot. Probably pretty close. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I played up north, uh, the Winneka courses a couple times in in the past. Uh, but yeah, Cantigny's a nice course. I'll check that one of my prospects out. There's also like Chicago Golf Club. You've got um, Shore Acres. Know. Do you get out to Shore Acres much? <laughs> no. Butler. Butler, no. Bobbling. No. no way. There's another one too. That's always. Beverly. Uh, what's the Ryder Cup one? Oh, uh, um, Medina. Medina. There you go. Um, Stinky. Yeah, never played any of those good ones. Olympia is definitely the best course I've played. That's probably not in South Carolina. So. All right, uh, JB. Thank you for the the wonderful trip down memory lane and all the wisdom and insight on on Chicago. Much appreciated. Guys, thank you so much. It was a pleasure, uh, truly. Thank you for uh, letting me do this. It was fun kind of reminiscing and going back through this stuff. I love this. All right. Awesome. The, the NTB, right. baby. Oh, God. <laughs> Start signing off. All right. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye, guys. Oh, my gosh. That That's that's Barnes. I should have asked him if you were, you know, about your private, your Country club upbringing at Hyde Park. You're a bad guy. So I'm sure we missed a bunch of stuff. People let us know on Chicago. Uh, I did. Are they having a refuge event up there? <coughs> Who can say? I don't know. Okay. Uh, well, I think they were trying to. If, you, if you're not active on our on our message board, get on the refuge. Check out the uh, a lot of refuge organized events. Uh, I know Chicago is a very active contingent on we were there. trying to have a meetup at ravislow this that's year right. that's uh, and right and then we were, we were trying to have the c-suite event for uh the bmw um which was originally scheduled for last week i think mm-hmm. uh we were gonna do you know round in the city somewhere and then do some do a cubs game we were gonna rent a, a whole rooftop thing for cubs game we'll have to do that one of these years we we're gonna have block rooms at the chicago athletic association hotel Obviously, COVID had other plans, so COVID bucked its head. It did. Um, all right, TC. Anything else? That's it. That's it. We'll uh, we'll be back for Atlanta next week. We'll we're, we we are efforting many many people uh, for Atlanta. So more to more Ke- to come. Keisha Lance Bottoms, Bottoms high on the list. If you're listening, big boy, um, Killer Mike. 
Young Jeezy. Dominique Wilkins. Exactly. Uh, Trey Young, your boy. Otis Nixon. <laughs> Terry Pendleton, maybe. Uh, okay, uh, signing off. See you guys next week for Atlanta. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who